Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Welcome to the 71st episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz and joining with me is the newly acquainted to the to the loveliness that is Lilo and Stitch. It is Floyd Johnson Jr. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh yeah, I um I am in my 39th year on this earth. Uh, I watched a movie that's been out. Uh, it's been out since like 2001 for the first time, and it was Lilo and Stitch. And uh, when I was talking to Sydney, and she was shocked I didn't see it, I was like, "Well, first of all, I was an adult before the movie came out. So, cartoon movies. You know, when you're in that 18 to 25 range, I will tell anybody you're trying to prove you're an adult." So, going to cartoon movies wasn't necessarily a priority in my life. Second of all, it looked like E.T. And I was like, (laughs) the thing about cartoon movies, I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of cartoon movies are just live-action movies turned into cartoons. Mm, I mean, that that may be the case, but now you're looking at most Mm -hmm. movies nowadays, and it's like animated movies turned into live-action movies. Yeah, it's true. But, like, the movie I, one of the movies I love is Monsters U, right? It is literally almost the, it's the Monsters version of Animal House. I was going to say, yeah. It's, like, the exact plot. If you, I mean, the words were changed to deal with monsters, but it's the exact plot of Animal House all the way through. And it's just, and it's just like, oh, so, I'm just saying, in, in my infinite wisdom is 21 which now at 39 i know i didn't know shit i just like oh it's just et again i'm never going to see that movie Hmm. then so so sydney was like oh it's nothing like et and you know i had never met anybody i hadn't met anybody that was hardcore lilo and stitch like this so i was like okay (laughs) shit i work overnights i don't have anything to do let me throw on lilo and stitch and i was hooked 
I, I can honestly say, I wouldn't say it's like the greatest movie of all time in my opinion, but I told Sydney I am watching it at 39 years old, so what your favorite movies is and how it hits you and everything like that, it's depending on the mood you're in, what type of movies you like, how old you are, all of those play into how a movie, how much you love a movie. Well, I'm 39, so... You know, yeah. it's just not going to get into my soul like that. I I mean, I liked it. I was like, dude, Bubbles, that's my guy. <laughs> Bubbles is my dude. That's like, I do. I'm going to start going by Bubbles because he's just this big old bald headed black guy that has like the heart of gold. And he's like literally like 97 different reasons to take uh, Lilo away from her sister. And he's just like, okay, I'm going to give you another chance. And I'm going to give you another chance. And I'm going to give you another chance. So you could see <laughs> that he didn't want to. But he's like, dude, you kind of suck at this. So, no, it was like, and then it was like in Stitch, you know, the raging beast that, you know, just gets tamed by just love and family and all that stuff. And it was just like. And then when he talked at the end, like really talked, I was like, family, can I say goodbye? I was like, oh my God, tears <laughs> hitting, hitting my heartstrings. I didn't think I would. I didn't think I would. But yeah, it's a really good movie. It's a really yeah. good movie. I mean, I, I grew up with that movie and I was like, it's it's still one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. Not one of my favorite movies, period, uh, but one of my favorite Disney movies of all time for sure. Um yeah, I thought Sydney was going to not be friends with me when I gave her my t Pixar top I think, three. I think she was more su thinking that I was going to be furious about it. Because like I said, that's like I know that like every line in that movie. It's yeah. like I watched it so much as a kid. Yeah, I'm so immature. I think Sydney forgets that there's damn near a 20 year gap in our age. <laughs> So I'm like, yes, no, I, I did not grow up with these movies. I was grown before these movies came out. So I think she forgets that sometimes. So I have it to happened. remind her. I have to remind her. I was like, Lilo, I literally turned 21 the year Lilo and Stitch came out. So yeah, <laughs> probably not was what you were seeking out. Yeah, it wasn't going to be like, it wasn't a movie I was going out. Like I watch cartoon movies all the time, but even at my age now, I generally have to make sure Crystal comes with me or take a niece because a grown man in a cartoon movie by himself, a little creepy. <laughs> I don't be, a little bit creepy. I'm like, uh, I'm I, my kids or nieces and nephews was there and I see the grown man. I'm like, Hey man, make sure there's about ten rows between you and him. I'm not saying, <laughs> hey, I'm not saying adults can't watch cartoons or like cartoons. It's just going to a movie theater by yourself to watch a children's movie. A little weird. I a little bit. Need a little bit. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so. Either way, uh, I do. I do a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Say if you have not seen Lilo and Stitch, uh, I recommend that. Get yes. Disney Plus. It's a it's a lovely time, dude. I've also, been stretching my Disney Plus legs. Watched all three Cars movies. Watched uh, National Treasure one and two this week. So yeah, I'm not saying go out and get Disney uh, Disney Plus. I'm not that guy because it is what it is. But I've really enjoyed it lately. Yeah, I I will say though, Cars two is your favorite Pixar movie. A little skeptical about that. <laughs> no, I never said Cars two. Cars is my favorite Pixar movie. The oh, Cars God. series. Well, either, way, either way. I do love Cars 2, but Cars is my favorite Pixar movie, and I love the Cars series. I did never would have said Cars 2, because Cars 2 is clearly the worst of the Cars movies. But 
yeah, 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 but Wally, Wally though. But like, come on, dude. But but Tomater though, Tomater, <laughs> the greatest Pixar character ever. I I I identify uh, I identify with Mater more than anyone. We're, we're we're not going down this road. We're not going down this road. Let me try to steer this a little bit on track. Uh, again, this is all all things elite an AEW podcast. Not a Disney podcast. I'll start that some other time. But real quick, before we get into the show, I want to apologize uh, for last week for no episode. There was a technical issue, apparently, uh, that caused my audio to not record on Floyd's side. I have no idea what happened. We don't know what came about it. It was was my... I'm not going to say the name of the program because I'm not trying to bury them because they've been good for me for six years. But, uh, yeah, the program that we used to record... Literally, it didn't beep. I remember telling you it didn't beep at the beginning, but I was like, oh, it'll be fine. Well, no, no, the beep seems to be very important because it literally just recorded me and not you. Yeah, so either way, we want to apologize. Um, we're, we're picking up from where we uh, from where we uh, were supposed to. We're, we're covering AEW for this week, but we want to thank you guys so much for sticking with us. And we're going to cover Ollie Wrestling Dynamite. For the last week of of, of July, and uh, before we do that too, I want to make sure you know that support for All Things Elite is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. If you use the code SUPLEX, or social, it's SUPLEX, yes. If you use the code SUPLEX, you can get 20% off your purchase and free shipping. So you get both for one. And yes. Floyd has great experiences with these guys as well. Yes. Uh, I used this last week, but since you didn't hear it, I get to use it this week too. Uh, probably shouldn't have said that. You would have never known. But uh, <laughs> yes. I, I, I um, You know how when uh, you get in your suit, you're like going to church, a wedding, wherever you go, and you put on your suit. And it's all like non-wrinkled. You got your shirt and you got your towel. And you're like, you look in the mirror and you're like, damn, I'm clean. And you you walk around and you, you're standing a little straighter. You got a little strut going on. That's what Manscaped is for your balls. I tell you, when you, you, you get clipped up and you put the deodorant on and the revitalizer and you're smelling good and you're smelling fresh, you're going to walk a little taller. You're gonna, you know, strut a little bit. You're gonna, when you see that a woman or man that you're into, whatever you're into, you look them in the eye and you're gonna be like, you know what's up, you know, because you you just feel better. It's like a tuxedo for your balls. So just think about that when you buy that. And you know what? You get 20% off and free shipping. So if you want to add a little strut to your life. Go ahead and get you some Manscaped. Yep. Thank you. And thank you again to Manscaped for supporting the podcast. And if you want to make sure that you are downloading this fine show, be sure to do that on Google or Apple Podcasts. Please leave a rating and a review. And if you are also so inclined to do, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. And be sure to support us by following us on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. Be sure to follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex. Myself, you can follow me at szoomer4. And then Floyd, you can follow at Floyd Johnson Jr. And that's all on Twitter. Now, 
the big news of the week that we learned on this episode of AEW Dynamite was the rules of the AEW Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament, the Deadly Draw. They were announced for the show. They announced the rules and explained what the whole thing was. So, Floyd, uh, would you be so inclined as to share the rules uh, for this uh, for this tournament? Yes, as I am staring at All Elite Wrestling's Twitter, because when I was doing the notes, they didn't really tell what part of the show this was in, so I didn't remember. So, the tournament is a random draw. Uh, all competitors must draw a color. Matching colors will become a team. Selections are final and cannot be appealed. Now, so, in in, in the segment on, I'll display the segment because I don't remember where it happened in the show. We found out Nyla Rose drew and she got purple. And then she was informed that purple had already been drawn. And we found out purple belonged to Arian Andrews. Formerly Cameron in the WWE. So it looks like she has a working relationship with AEW. I don't know if she signed or not. They didn't do the welcome, you know, put the All Things Elite board with her welcome to All Things Elite. So she might just be in for a tryout. But she will be Nyla's partner. Uh, the opening matches will start on Dark Tuesday on YouTube. So it might not every match is going to be on television. Again, if you support women's wrestling, women's tag team wrestling, you want more women to have jobs, make sure you are tuning in to AEW Dark on Tuesday and supporting women's wrestling. Those numbers and counts need to go up. Those views need to go up because that is how they're going to determine how far they take this in the future. And again, if you end up eventually getting the AEW Tag Team titles, I know this is just the cup, but, you know, keep supporting them. Don't stop. Don't take your foot off the gas once you get what you want, because I believe this could be, you know, this could be a very big part of the future. So, um, yeah, first team we got is Nyla Rose and Arian Andrews. Only problem I have with this, you know, we are the proclivity for positivity, and I will watch every episode. Watch every episode. The only problem I had in this is that this was built around Brandy and Allie as an established tag team, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's the story going into it. The reason they got this tournament is because Brandy and Allie were an established tag team and they were winning. Then they're doing a, a thing where they are doing a random draw. Now, if Allie and Brandon, Brandy randomly end up on the same tag team, I ain't gonna buy it. Mm -hmm. This I'm just yeah, saying it's, it just that just seems weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it seems like way too much of a coincidence. Yeah, so it's just like okay, if you like Nyla couldn't find anyone that liked her, and then she just picked Arian, that would make sense. Like, hey, I can't find anyone in a company I haven't beat up, <laughs> so I had to go outside the company <laughs> and find somebody. That makes sense. So there have been talk online of people having a problem with Arian Andrews being on, you know, being announced last night. I am, I mean, let me ask, were you, are you familiar with her time as Cameron in the WWE? Oh, sorry, say that again? Were you familiar with her time as Cameron in the WWE as a part of the Funkadactyls? Oh, of course. Of okay. course. Yes. I know some people aren't. She, she was in the WWE. I never thought she was that great of a wrestler. But 
I will tell everybody to hold your horses on getting excited and mad about Aaron Andrews. Because in New Japan, a lot of times they will bring in people that you might not expect. And they will be this thing called the Pin Eater. Like, literally, I want to keep Nyla Rose strong, but her team's not going to win the tournament. I don't want Nyla Rose to get pinned, so I bring in this person. The, basically, their job is to get pinned. And you can use it also as a tryout if they look good. So, don't get on the Aaron Andrews hate bandwagon yet because there's nothing to hate. I mean, it's like hating that lowrider guy for being on Dark. She hasn't really done anything yet. We don't know how they're going to use her yet. Yeah. So, I think it'll, it'll be just a matter of time before we see stuff like that and see what she can really do. But either way... I am still very excited for this uh, this tag team tournament. The cup itself looks really slick, and it's going to give us some interesting matches. And I'm I'm going to be tuning in every single week to see what comes of this tournament. But yeah, I, anyways, yeah, strongly advise everybody to watch it. I know I just I'm going to go into that every week. I'm telling you, I will tell anyone. I'm going to say that every week. Be prepared for it because I'm driving home the fact that if you want women's wrestling. Prove it. Watch yeah. it. <laughs> For watch exactly, it. yeah. Don't be like, I haven't watched any match, but AEW should really get behind women's wrestling. They're, I mean, they're a business. They're going to put out what people watch. Yeah. Now, let's get into this week's AEW Dynamite. We opened up with the five-on-five tag team matchup between the Inner Circle and Best Friends and Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And... For an opening battle, uh, I thought this was a pretty solid matchup. Uh, there was a point in the match, however, where uh, Jungle Boy—I mean, not Jungle Boy—Luchasaurus's uh, mask got knocked clean off of his head, and he was struggling for a little bit to get that mask on. And I, I was wondering because I always wonder that with somebody who has like a mask, match that look a mask that looks like it's kind of like Velcroed on, and it's got like a a clear front that could easily be kicked over to the side. Uh, it's not like a luchador mask where it just like slides onto your head. It's got like a part that kind of juts out. I was wondering if there was going to be a point where his mask got knocked off his head, and this was the moment. So, yeah, I've I, never even seen it slightly move. So this is see, I think, he must have it like crazy tight on. Yeah, yeah, I've never even slight seen it slightly move. It seems like a like a lot like his face. Whoever made it or whoever designed it designed it perfectly for him. Because this is the first time I've seen it moved. I know some people might watch it closer to me and they'd be like, "Well, it happened this time." Okay, you're right. I've never seen it move. So and then Jim Ross calls it out and is like. Uh, this is uncomfortable. And I felt like, and that, that brings me to another thing, as our resident commentary expert, I felt it was kind of off tonight. Yeah, well, um, well, first of all, the commentary team was, uh, was uh, Taz, Tony Schiavone, and Jim Ross, which is why it surprises me why it was so off, because, like, I mean, these guys are well established in the in the business, and they've been around each other. I'm sh- a- a before, so the fact that it felt kind of off was kind of surprising to me. Yeah, because th- Excalibur's missed shows before when COVID first happened. It didn't feel this off. I don't know. It was it was weird. It seemed like just yeah, like I said, like not a lot of um, 
not a lot of cohesion in the in the calls. It didn't seem like everybody was like on the same page when they were calling spots. It seemed like just spots were getting called, and then there's just some kind of off moments. Yeah, and you and you wouldn't think of it with three with three veterans like these guys, especially with Jim Ross. But it's just it's 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 a bit surprising. It's not really concerning because everyone has an off night, but for all three of them to kind of have an off night was a bit surprising. I I, I imagine because as far as I know, Excalibur did fly in for the show and they pulled him off uh, just so people don't think we're running away from it on Tuesday. Uh, a video surfaced from 2007, um, 2007 PWG show. Uh, Excalibur is running, um, running a program with this guy named Human Tornado and another guy, and he said the N-word. And he said it twice, right? It was a racially charged program, and he called him the N-word. He was definitely at the show. He was in character, but he called him the N-word. Shouldn't have happened. Uh, he's apologized many times since then. This video has been out a lot since then. Kevin Owens was in the video. He said it too. Doesn't make it any better uh, or worse. It's just he said it too. Uh, again, this when Kevin Owens hit the main roster, this video came out. Uh, I have to think AEW was aware of it. He has apologized. I've gotten more color on it since then. I found out the human tornado of course, was black. He was the person, uh, like writing the show, and he basically convinced them to say this word. I am not taking any blame off of them. They're still grown men. They still made the choice to say the word. But I just giving you, adding a little color to the story, and then he, uh, and, and he said that I'm thinking AEW just took the cautious so the show wouldn't take away from the wrestlers they just went ahead and took him off this week i'm hoping he returns because unlike with the sammy thing which again we don't talk about the negative stuff a lot but unlike with the sammy thing they didn't know about the sammy thing before they hired him everyone knew about the excalibur thing before they hired him so it's like you made a decision just I don't know. I can't tell you what AEW should do. It's their company. I can't tell you what Tony should do. If if it was for me, I had a friend say he should have just addressed it in the first minute of the show, made a public apology, says I've apologized you know, like many times since then, but again, I shouldn't have said the word, and then moved on from there. But taking them off for the show for a week, I don't blame them from happening. I will ask Austin. Uh, and we can, we will move on from this very quickly. But do you have any thoughts on what should have been done? I mean, like I said, it's this happens like I mean, it, it's almost a guarantee that like if you did something back in the day that may have been like not like either way saying the N word like 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 if you're not a person of color, there's no real excuse for that. Even just, even with the time period. It's just there's really no excuse for that, and we've become a lot more aware of what is socially acceptable nowadays. Um, so stuff like this ends up coming up a lot of people's past being brought out and then being um, shown off as um, people just like this gets resurfaced, and then all of a sudden they're they are, they could be facing a lot of trouble. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's 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 uncomfortable. It's not it's it, not great to watch. Now, 
I, I would I say think it, somebody it, should lose their job over something that happened over ten years ago. I don't that really know their what job was about. aware of. This yeah, is and not they like, were very much aware of. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's not like Excalibur like hit it. <laughs> it's like they were aware of this. That's the mm-hmm. big thing with me. That's where the difference lies. They know he said this, and they still had him front and center on their program. So it's just like me personally. Like I said, it's just. I have a thought, and not everybody's going to agree with it. I don't expect everybody to agree with it. If it's said in the course of character work or in-work work, I don't generally have a problem with it. I know I'm going to get buried, people are going to hate me, but I watch Quentin Tarantino movies. Hmm. And I watch old slave movies. I watch Civil War movies, and I compare wrestling to TV and movies. Some of you may see it as a real sport, which is you know, you might want to compare it to real sport, but I've always said wrestling is my male soap opera, and I compare it to TV and movies more than anything. And if you do TV and movies and you say the word, you're the bad guy, and you say the word because you're playing a racist, right? When you stop playing that character from the show, you know, you're not racist anymore, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it works. It's just you're playing a character. You're saying what that character would have said. Excalibur was booked as a wrestler. The guy that writes the show said, I want you to say this word. From what I understand, from what I read on the internet, he didn't want to, but the guy's like, say the word. It's going to get heat. You know, and he did. I can forgive that because you were just doing your job. But again, Not everyone's going to agree with me. I happen to be African-American. I want to make it very clear. I do not speak for all African-Americans. I only speak for Floyd. Some people are going to have a huge problem that he ever used that word. And they definitely have the right to feel that way. And I am not going to try to take that away from him. But let's get past this very uncomfortable conversation and talk about the uh, 10-man tag. I just, the reason I wanted to bring it up is because I think he was the part, he's the person that keeps a lot of this in line as far as the 10-man tags. Excalibur calls the moves. Uh, He gives you color on people's past. He, and when JR is going off cranky JR and Taz is going off cranky Mm -hmm. Taz, he works like Austin does for me. And he pulls pulls it back to that conversation and he keeps it focused on the action in the ring. And I truly think he was missing in this match. I often talk about that the first match sets the tone for the whole Dynamite. You know what? I'm telling you, if you go back and think about the Dynamites that you thought weren't an A, you will notice the first match wasn't great. This first match, they did everything and they could and they you know, did all the moves, but it just didn't have that first match feel. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, I mean, me personally, uh, and it's got nothing to do with everybody there. Um, I'm not a huge fan of multi-man matches starting off, uh, starting off uh, like an episode of like whether it be Raw or an episode of Dynamite. I'm just not a massive fan of a multi-man match starting off the show, just because like I I like the idea of a big like. Sing, like either either a singles or a big tag match starting off the show, and then we kind of just move on throughout the show. A multi man match starting off doesn't really get me like enriched into a show like immediately as I watch it. Like say that like 
Like, if, I, honestly, if they would have swapped Cody and Warhorse, Cody and Warhorse, I would have been totally fine with that decision with booking. I think it would have been way more engaging and got me really into the show way more. It's, um, but again, fu- no- it's funny because two weeks ago with Cody and Sonny Kiss, I said, well, they should have switched it with the uh, the multi-man match that was later. And it's like now it's like, and you know, that's to tell people. People want to think booking's easy. It's not. It's not. It's not it's easy. Not. It's it's a feel. It's it's a, a energy you don't necessarily know. You know what the result of the match is going to be, but you don't know necessarily, you know, the feel and how it's going to go. So it's like one match, one week I said Cody, being my favorite wrestler, didn't have the energy for the first match. It should have been switched. And now this week we're saying, oh, well, maybe Cody should have went first. Because I think if the show started, boom, boom, explosion with War Horse's rock music and him coming out with his fingers up and banging his head, I think that's how you start a show. Yeah, I thought that honestly, was I, I agree. I, I thought that was going to be the start of the show. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that leads us into the next match. Yes, we now have the Open challenge for the TNT Dynamite, Dynamite Championship for this week. Cody, the American Nightmare, the champion, defending his title against um, hot, indie, hot indie wrestler Warhorse. And I was really looking forward to this matchup. And I think it was a really, really solid matchup. I have not seen a ton of Warhorse. So being able to see him like actually go in the ring um, was a big uh, up for me. Because I, I haven't seen a lot of his work. And... He's got a great, he's got a great look. He's got a great like vibe to him. I really like his character. The work in the ring was really good. Um, just uh, the figure four. I like how Cody is using the figure four as a legitimate finish too. Honestly, I really like it. And I had no real quarrel with this matchup. I thought it was just completely solid. Nothing like outstandingly stood out to me, but I felt like it was a great solid TNT championship match. And it was great to see Warhorse on dynamite. Okay. So now you're, this is probably the most I'm going to say about anything. Um, Warhorse has been in my head for about three weeks. Now, sometimes expectations can, uh, expectations can either help something or ruin something. I've always liked when I don't have expectations of a movie and I go see the movie and it's amazing. But I also have went to see movies that people have told me is the greatest movie ever. And because they have set that standard, when I saw the movie and it wasn't the greatest thing ever, probably made me dislike it more. Well, for the last three weeks, I've been hearing how awesome War Horse is. How amazing Warhorse is. How he's going to change everything in the world. Warhorse rules ass. That's, that's what I've been hearing. <laughs> and it, every time my, uh, my good friend, my best, one of my best friends, Tiffany, posts anything about Cody. Warhorse fears Cody. I mean, Cody fears Warhorse. Warhorse rules ass. So he, he comes out. You know, I've kind of seen his face, but I see the whole look. You know, again, I'm going to give you a shot, but in my eyes, if you ever heard of a WCW wrestler from back in the day named Renegade, he looked like Renegade, like 
actually a poor man's renegade because renegade is jacked and he wasn't. He just kind of looked like a dude in face paint. Now, people might be like, oh, you're hating on him. I'm not. I had no experience with Warhorse. I purposely did not go look up your YouTube videos because I wanted to experience him for the first time like a lot of other people have. So he comes out in the fire and they give him promo and he's head banging. I was like, oh, so he's a rock character. That's his thing. All right, cool. All right, I get this. Then the match starts. Eh. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. I don't love him. Actually, I have no emotions for him. If I had saw that match, and then you, you never said anything again, if I hadn't had all the build before, I'd be like, he's a cook. He's, he's, he's all right wrestling or whatever. But because I was told how great he was, I was waiting on the spectacular thing. There was nothing spectacular. He did a pretty, he did a really good clothesline. He did a double. I watched this match twice. And kind of wrote down things because I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to say good things about Warhorse. That double stuff he did from the outside on the Cody's back, pretty smooth. Uh, he he did an elbow. His mat ring work where he was supposed to be like reversing Cody and stuff like that. Thought it looked a little sloppy. Again, him and Cody wrestling for the first time, I give him the benefit of the doubt. But there was nothing about the experience that made me say, sign Warhorse. And if you don't think I was rooting for him to be successful, you don't know me. I am the most positive. I want everyone to succeed. <laughs> I wanted to be blown away by Warhorse. I wanted to put all caps, Warhorse rules ass. I was... Again, I was kind of reverse trolling some of the Warhorse fans online, saying his 14 minutes of his 15 minutes of fame. It was fun for me. I was just kind of tr getting back at some of the people that had trolled Tiffany. I, I, I'm not above Petty. I'm not. But, uh, you know, I was like, I wanted to be impressed. I wasn't. Now, I went to I, Social Suplexes, you know, whose who's, uh, network we're on, and I went to our little chat. Everyone felt the same. You, do you know the amount of different personalities we have in the Social Suplex Podcast Network? It's a lot. Do you know how many times we've 100% agreed on anything? Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. We all 100% agreed. Eh. And it was like, and we'll, we'll even say it made it worse that we were told how great he was and then he came out and I was like let me ask you watched the match did he do anything to you that was special me like no not it, like I said it wasn't anything outlandish it was <laughs> solid but it wasn't anything like like crazy like oh my god it, yes that's what I'm saying it's not again I want to people this is not jump on warhorse bury warhorse day no, this is not. This is like, he didn't live up to the hype that was brought to me by his fan base. Is that his fault? No. Is that his fan base's fault? No. Because they're supposed to be fans of him. That is, as a fan, I take Cody's the greatest wrestler ever. Do anybody agree? Does anyone agree with me? Most of the times, no. Me and Tiffany, kind of our own team there. So, I get it. But the fact is, 
Cody, in this match, did everything he could to make Warhorse look good. Warhorse controlled 80% of the match. Did everything he could to make him look good. And he just didn't. He just looked like a wrestler. He looked like generic yeah. wrestler number 12 or whatever. And I have, like I said, there's no ill will towards Warhorse. I'm actually going to a show at the end of August that Warhorse is going to be at. I plan on meeting Warhorse. And I'm hoping he gets another shot. You know, work his way on dark. I hope, you know, Jim Ross and Tony and Cody took him to the back and say, hey, this is what you can work on. You know, and or they may have loved him. You know, I don't think like they do, but they may have loved him. But uh, or he just might work in better in front of a crowd. I, I, I've had all these thoughts today because I didn't want to come on here and bury somebody. I really didn't. It's not what I do. It's just, I'm going to be honest about my opinion. And my opinion was, eh. I mean, there's nothing really else we can say about that. Like I said, I thought it was fine. I didn't think there was anything bad in it. And um, Floyd just finds it kind of, eh. That's our our thoughts. So the big moment from this is after the match. Yep. John Silver, Alex Reynolds. They come out to attack on oh, my boy Cody. And because Cody's about to shake hands with Warhorse, right? Yeah, so yep, he uh, is yeah. about to, he is yeah. about to shake hands. And yeah, he's about to shake hands with him and they jump him. And then Warhorse pushes kind of pushes Cody out the way and tries to take him on. Gotta give him anytime you protect Cody, you know, that's a point in my book. And then they you see a guy from the back and he has his shirt on. He said, Wait a minute, is that is that and it was Matt Cordona, the yes. former Zack Ryder. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, it, I was just, and he took off the shirt, and you can tell, you can tell people that know how to work out, and they get this all this time of being at home and just being able to work out and work on this look. He had worked uh, on this look. His oh look, yeah, he looked super huge. He comes out and he hands out the Rough Rider, but it's not the Rough Rider anymore. It's called uh, the Radio Silence, which is his leg drop lariat move. And he hits it on both Silver and Reynolds. And then him and Cody celebrate together. Uh, man, uh, I personally, this is where I'm going to differ with a lot of people. I was stoked from people. I was stoked that Matt Cordona showed up. I was a big Zack Ryder fan. All the times that they tried to push him or gave him pushes and stopped him in the WWE. I think he is an amazing self-promoter. I think he he brings so much to AEW. First of all, AEW kind of started from BTE, an internet show. Zack Ryder, E, uh, e Long Island Story or Z Long yeah, Z True Long, Long Island, Island Story, Story yep. kind of started that whole get yourself over on the internet thing. And he did that. You know, so parallels with Zack Ryder and the company. Second of all, AW starts releases uh, figures on Monday. Hey, what kind of podcast does Zack Ryder do? Oh yeah, it's uh, wrestling figures. Yes. So, and he has this huge following. It's one of the more popular podcasts on the internet. People that don't even like wrestling figures listen to it because Zack's good at that. So, what do you think he might be pushing? On his podcast for people to go by? 
Maybe the brand new uh, AEW figures that are launching at Walmart on Monday. Yes. Zack Ryder has 2.2 million followers on Twitter. 1.8 million followers on Instagram. If 10% of those people tune in for the show, AEW averages over a million viewers a week. It's just, he is, he might not have been a world champion in WWE. He was tag team champions, but he might not have been a world champion in WWE, but he did on his own. He developed an amazing following that's pretty much larger than anybody's in AEW's, save for like Chris Jericho. It's literally Chris Jericho and then Zack Ryder. I, I've looked at the numbers. He has a huge online presence. So if those online people come to watch Zack Ryder wrestle, whoo. So I'm just like, you want to talk about mutually beneficial deals? Matt Cardona? Man, that's a mutually beneficial deal. I would love I'm gonna shut up now and hear your thoughts on Mr. Cardona showing up. Dude, it's pretty much the same. I love Zack Ryder. I thought he was great every time he got the push and then just hit the ceiling and then just then got shoved back down the card, broke my heart. I thought the dude just defied all logic. Cause this was back in like 2012. The fact that a guy like could get over on the internet, like he did, even though like, despite like our, like YouTube wasn't even like the thing it was back in 2012 that it is nowadays. It's not, not even close like the, the the gap between that is huge and the fact that he was able to get that over people forget that one of the biggest pops of i want to say it was wrestlemania 20 oh god was it wrestlemania 28 or 29 um when zack Ryder won the intercontinental championship uh ladder match oh uh, that, that was, was at when, wrestlemania 32 because i was, I at was that 32 yeah that's right i was, it was at in the, dallas that's yeah. right and, yep. and i think that was cody's last wrestlemania I think or, it might have been too. Yeah, it was Cody's last WrestleMania. That was one of the biggest pops of the entire show. Yes. He and is, that was years after he had his mega push with the Z True Long Island Story. I don't even think the show was still going on YouTube anymore at that point. He is one of the most, one of the more beloved wrestlers. Because everybody, even the people that aren't smart or whatever, knew that he was bigger he that he was more popular and bigger than the push i remember when i went back to uh wrestlemania and this was like 30 uh and this was still long after his push you saw people still wearing zach Ryder shirts still saying woo 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 his uh autograph lines were like one of the longest because people love zach Ryder. i'm like you know i like i got a lot of pushback because I was excited about this, and you know, but I'll just tell you right now, this is 24 hours later, and this is on Thursday. We're recording on Thursday. That's the day we're gonna record from now on. Matt Cardona, Matt Cardona's debut on on AEW YouTube views, 448,000 views. The next video was uh, something that happens later in the show, and it was at 248,000 views. You tell me, Matt Cardona doesn't bring eyes to the product. That's as simple as that. I mean, hell yeah. I'm so glad he's here. I'm very excited to see what he does. We have information on what his first match in AEW is going to be, and we'll get to that very shortly. We then had Tony Schiavone talking to the Inner Circle, and uh, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara specifically interrupted him. Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara, swears, uh, 
calls Matt Hardy a son of a bitch for interfering in his, in the match and costing him uh, in the inner circle. Says he's going to get him back. Jericho also says he's not finished with Orange Cassidy and that in two weeks' time, we get the rematch, Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. And next week, we're going to have a 2020 debate between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho with a special guest moderator who's going to be there. So that'll be quite interesting because get it? Politics are kind of happening now. I bet it's hard to tell. I bet you didn't even realize that that sort of thing was happening nowadays. Yeah, because we got a debate and we got something else later that was very politically charged. The Chris Jericho OC debate. I'm kind of excited for more excited for the rematch but kind of excited for the debate i like to see what happens you know should be quite funny they i mean and it's funny like next week basketball's back on wednesdays baseball's gonna be back this is the first time basketball just came back tonight yeah it's It's... coming back tonight actually gonna start my game is gonna be watching my game right after this but uh yeah, so you got all of that coming back next week, and you know you got to try to draw eyes and keep them on AEW, and they got the debate thing, and they, I mean, they actually got, uh, next week's a pretty hot lineup, so I'm looking forward to this, and Jericho can sell me on anything, literally, he could steal my wallet and sell it back to me, you know, <laughs> he's just Jericho, and he's amazing at that. Yep. We then had another uh, vi- uh, backstage segment uh, specifically. FTR uh, was with Tony Schiavone, and they were with uh, their their lawyer to sign uh, their uh, contract. And they had a few details they had to go over. They then call in the tag team specialist and head coach for Cody Rhodes, Arn Anderson, to check the finer points of the deal. They make sure that August 12th, per Tony, Tony Khan, that that episode of Dynamite will be Tag Team Appreciation Night hosted by FTR. I'm hoping they we get did. to see the Rock and Roll Express that night. Hell's fucking yeah. Lawyer confirms it's in there. They sign it. And then Hangman comes in and pours some pours some whiskey for the boys and takes a hell of a freaking shot uh, with them. Literally fills up the entire shot glass. Hangman's a crazy motherfucker. But... This is a this is a cool segment. Again, it continues the the friendship sort of that's going on with FTR and Hangman Adam Page, and it's one of my favorite things that's happening is just seeing the the change that's happening with Hangman and the Inner Circle and Kenny Omega. It's one of my favorite things that's happening on Dynamite. I'm seeing Hangman as he. I know he buys cheap whiskey. I, I found out out that during that uh, little segment, he's like, "Man, this is cheap," and they couldn't drink it. But Hangman's just downing it like it's nothing, uh, <laughs> you know. So tag ropes will be used in FTR matches. That was part of their contract. There will be strict enforcement of the ten count. So still got the AEW ten count, but they're going to actually enforce it. Uh, of course, the tag team wrestling appreciation night, and then they had a secret. Arn put up his paper and he whispered, and he's like, "Did you get that in there?" And he's like, "Yep, Tony promised us." I guarantee you, you hear it here first. That's a tag team title shot. I uh, please, yes, yeah. So I think it's they get to skip the line as part of their contract. They get to skip the line and they get a tag team title shot against Hangman and Omega. Uh, you know. Hangman likes them more than he likes Omega, but he likes being champion too. He'll whip both their asses. So I don't know. I would love to, like, there's a lot of strings going a lot of different ways in this company, and it kind of starts with FTR. So I'm just 
I'm just uh, looking forward to. Uh, I'm just looking forward to going for. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to what how these strings are gonna get pulled going forward. I as well. We then had the AEW World Tag Team Championship match between the champions Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page versus the Dark Orders Evo Luno and Stu Grayson with Colt Cabana on commentary for the match with Mr. Brody Lee and Anna Jay standing oh so closely to Colt. Just like Anna Jay was literally right behind the commentary desk and love that addition. Um, this I love match, that her mask is different. I do like that too. I like that they made the change. The match overall, I thought was another uh, pretty good match. Okay. I felt like most of the wrestling on this show was all right, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't think anything was out outrageously insane. Um, I did have a lot of cool things I wanted to talk about in the main event, which I will get to. But this match, I thought, again, solid. I don't think anybody went into this match thinking that Evil Uno and Stu Grayson was going to pick up the victory. Um, but what I did like, again, was after... After the match, I'm, I'm very much intrigued. Mr. Brody Lee quickly sends Colt and uh, uh, Anna Jay to the back. Doesn't want them to see anything. Uh, the papers get thrown at Stu and Evil Uno, uh, which is still so fucking funny. I love it so much. Um, then the Young Bucks get in the ring as um, Brody Lee is going off, saying like, Ah, oh, Kenny, it's so nice of you to show up for Hangman for once. It's so glad that Hangman for once has his friends with him. Young Bucks get inside. Brody Lee gets mad. And then has Dark Order members swarm the Elite. And they're teaming up on them before FTR once again gets another ice cooler and throws it at Brody Lee. And then the odds get even and then everyone gets chases him outward. I thought the uh, afterwards was the best part of the match. I didn't think there was anything bad in the match, but I thought it was just all right. We've been spoiled for a lot of great wrestling matches from AEW in the past. And today was just kind of on the, on an offer night for me personally. Yeah. I uh, thought it was a good tag team match. I actually love evil Uno and Stu. I, I love what they do. Uh, Uno moves v- very well for a man that big. Stu always brings the intensity. I think they were storytelling in this match. It was about the descent, growing dissension between Hangman and Kenny Omega. Because of the storytelling of the match, I really think they didn't, you know, just go super all out in the match. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was, I thought it was the standard of an AEW tag match. But I feel like it was on the lower standard, not the higher standard. So it's like, oh, it wasn't great, but it was still good. And, you know, it was... I think it was all to get to the story of what happened after the match. So I thought that was, like I said, the match was pretty good. Um, did have you talked about what happened after the match yet? Did you? Say I that? did. Yes. Okay. So uh, sorry, sorry, my brain breaks. Um, but uh, yeah. So when they came out and then, you know, the Young Bucks come in the ring with them and then FTR come in the ring and it's like, okay, now it's like, oh, FTR is being nice to the Young Bucks. FTR is being nice to Hangman. This is awesome and so after after you know the donnie brook and they save him you know hangman's like oh i kind of like ftr more than i like you uh, and, and, and and it's cool you know and then you saw like a thing that they posted and they were ha- they had chocolate milks kenny and 
Kenny and the Bucks have chocolate milks, and then Hangman and FTR have beers, and that was pretty funny. Uh, so, but yeah, thought the segment was cool. It was a lot tonight, and I think people should take this uh, take this going forward. Uh, tonight was about driving along stories, getting ready for All Out. It wasn't. I mean, I know everybody wants great wrestling, and don't get me wrong, that's you know I like it too, but all out, that's where they make their money. That's the pay per view. So you have to move your storylines forward. Yeah, I mean, to, I, I, I have nothing more to add to that. <laughs> um, we're gonna get into uh, the next matchup and uh, the next small segment, but I just want to inform uh, Floyd uh, because it is his team, and we're gonna go a little bit off. Uh, just for a small second, um, I want to inform Floyd. Uh, I'm this happened about 20 minutes ago, so I don't know if he knows about it. But uh, former Kansas City Chief uh, Lashawn McCoy has reached a one-year agreement with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, I saw that. Uh, I am I'm happy for Lashawn that he found the team because if you went over from the Chiefs, he was on our team through the season, but he actually. After the first game of the playoffs, he wasn't on our playoff roster. That is true, yeah. Yeah, we kind of, you know, left him at home. Damian Williams was the guy, so kind of, I mean, I'm happy he found somewhere to play. Andy Reid, he he carries the ball weird, and he fumbles when he carries the ball, so it was kind of <laughs> like, uh, you know, that kind of thing, but. Shout out to, shout out to LaShawn. Congrats on going to Tampa Bay. I don't want you to win any games because I am a Jameis Winston. I was, I'm a Jameis Winston fan. After Kansas City and my Patrick Mahomes loyalty, I root for the team Jameis Winston is on. And since Tampa Bay, you know. So you root for Philly then. So, so since Tampa Bay just, you know, exiled Jameis Winston and then got all this talent for Tom Brady, I'm kind of like, screw Tampa Bay. Why would I root for Philly? <laughs> Why would I root for Philly? Didn't he get? Didn't they get uh, New Orleans Saints, sir? He is, no Saints. Damn it! Sorry, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I, I a, messed it up. Yes, uh, Jameis Winston, New Orleans Saints jersey, and a Patrick That's Mahomes right. jersey are on the way to Floyd. Okay, cool. I buy every jersey Jameis Winston has because he brought national championship back to Florida State, so he's kind of like go. the greatest. There you go. All right. Moving on, we had Dr. Britt Baker, who said that she was going to give Big Swole a shot at herself, but only if she could defeat an opponent of Britt Baker's choosing, and how they would most likely fight at All Out. Um, so, that... The obvious choice would obviously be Reba. You know, because, you know, she's with Dr. Britt Baker, but I think it should be Abaddon. Yes! You know, like, basically Teddy Longtime, you know, whenever he got pissed at you, you had to wrestle the Undertaker. <laughs> like, so she is pissed. You got to wrestle Abaddon. You know, it's just like, that would be awesome because, you know, Abaddon hates everybody. There you go. We then had the AEW Women's World Champion Hikaru Shida taking on Diamante, who picked up a big victory last night. Last last week, actually. Um I love seeing Hikaru Shida, and Diamante strikes me as someone who has a lot of potential, and it was uh, it was a good, solid matchup, and it was a good performance for Shida. Shida was able to hit that uh, standing vertical, vertical suplex and then running knee strike to get the pin on Diamante. Again, thought it was solid, thought it was all right. 
and don't really have much else I want to add to this match unless Floyd, you have anything you would like to add? I would like to add, eh? That's that yeah. was my whole feeling of the match. Pretty much, yeah. It was just kind of one of those filler matches, I think, for Dynamite, and you have them occasionally. Uh, again, deadly draw the uh, women's World Cup, uh, women's tag team cup tournament. The rules got explained on the show. We then had the state of the industry address from MJF, uh, who's been who walked out first from backstage with posters all around the wall, going full politician mode. Had posters of himself that said "We deserve better." He thanked. Tony Khan for the opportunity to speak for a significant amount of time. He talked about how a certain individual is afraid of being upstaged by him, the AEW World Heavyweight Champion John Moxley. And MJF once again touts about still being undefeated, how he talked about how AEW was supposed to be promising changing the wrestling business, but we have a former we have a wrestler who came from the land of Titans who is holding the top title, and a guy like MJF has gotten nothing at all. He he, decla- he compared him to a dictator, said, my talent outweighs your tenure. He challenges John Moxley for the world title, says he'll see him at All Out, and, the, and says, we deserve better. This was great. This was really, really good. Yes, Cody announced today, and you'll see where I'm going with this, that he was starting a wrestling school. On September 21st, the Nightmare Factory was going to start uh, doing classes. Well, if one of those classes is promo classes, MJF should be teaching those. Yes. Because this dude, you th- he's like, hey, where's he going? Why are you bringing up Cody doing this? No. MJF is a master of this. I watched it again today in its entirety as I do most of the show. Every week I watch it twice. But it was just like, I was completely captivated like it was the first time. He, it was perfect heel work. Of course, you're going to tell fabrications of the truth during it. Of course, you're going to take things that look innocent and twist them. Uh, yeah, and he just, yeah, he, if you listen to this, if this was your first segment of AEW ever, you would think, you would think Mox was the heel. <laughs> you would. The, that's and then that's a master class in promos. The thing about heels is they don't know that they're heels. In their eyes, they're the good guy, and everybody else is horrible. And this was perfectly done in his dickish manner. The kissing of the babies, the handshaking with the guy he doesn't like, and the subtle looks that he gave after he did those actions. It's so good. I'm like seriously. MJF and Mox, if this was me and this was me writing it, would not touch each other until All Out. They would, like, avoid each other because with Moxley's intense, badass promos and MJF's snarky asshole promos, oh my god, they could sell a match without ever actually touching each other. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like, there's no, I mean, like, that's the case with them. It's like, you really don't need to have physical interactions with these two in order to sell your matchup because just them verbally assaulting each other is all you need to build a hot title match. It's like, sometimes less is more. And honestly, just having these guys cut promos on each other and just going back and forth with each other, 
is the best way to build towards this matchup. So I 100% agree with you, and this was one of my favorite things on the show. And I, I must I, say, it was my favorite thing on the show. It was it, it was my favorite thing on the show. I mean, I love Cardona showing up, and I, you know, I, I thought the main event was good, but the best part of the show was MJF. Yeah, there you go. We then have the main event, the No DQ Tornado Tag Match between AEW World Champ John Moxley and my boy Darby Allen versus the FTW Champion Brian Cage, The Machine, and Ricky Starks, both accompanied by Taz. We opened with Darby's music, but no entrance from Darby. Moxley then comes out by himself to the ring to his music. Taz talks about how, like, oh, where's your partner? And, oh, we beat the living hell out of him last week, so he can't wrestle. They start having Ricky Starks cut a promo backstage. Then they walk out until off the entrance tunnel comes Darby Allen with a coffin drop. And then everything breaks loose. Tons of double teaming. Chairs getting chucked at people's heads. Trash can was used. There was a point where uh, they planted, uh, they double team mocks onto the garbage can. Uh, then, of course, the finish came when Ricky Starks was the poor victim to that thumbtacked, riddled skateboard of Darby Allens right on his back and just cut him up. Like, oh my God, that just beat his ass up. That was all you needed. Darby Allen got the pin and Moxley held the World Heavyweight Championship. We then got confirmed. That next week on AEW Dynamite, John Moxley will defend the title against Darby Allen. Hell fucking yes. Yes. A hundred percent for this. Yes, this match was great. I do, I do want to point out that Ricky Starks cut an excellent promo. Uh, he did. Uh, before they came out. Uh, the future of promos with uh, MJF and Ricky Starks are in good hands. Darby Allen's crazy. Because apparently he got a concussion at the last taping, which was two weeks ago. So it's like, hey, you know, he, he he's all gas, no break. I give it to him. The match, Tornado Tag, it, it was what it was. It wasn't great or whatever. But that ending with the skateboard and the text, there's something in wrestling called a receipt. I feel like that was a receipt for that concussion that, you know. <laughs> that Ricky Starks game. Oh, I mean, <laughs> if that if that was, I mean, literally, if, if that's what you want to call it, that's probably the biggest receipt I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, so he takes it and he gets the pin. You saw videos after of how like how bleeding and backed up, uh, uh, bleeding and messed up uh, Ricky Starks' back was. Uh, you know, that was crazy. Uh, if you want the comparison, look at Cody when he got planted on thumbtacks. Uh, last week, and then compare it to that thumbtacked, riddled skateboard that was thrown on on Ricky Starks. Just the fact that you know with that skateboard and the way that it landed, it just grinded up his back and just sliced it. Not just, like, went into his back, but sliced it up. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that how that happened and that, you know, wrestlers are a different breed. The fact that they would let people do that to them is the craziest <laughs> shit in the world. Uh, but, yes, shout out to him. Uh, the match ended. Uh, we got uh, we got Darby and Mox for next week. For some reason, I don't think that match is 
See, and you know what? And that's my WWE brain kicking in and not, you know, not, WWE, you would say, okay, they're doing Mox versus Darby. There's no way it's going to end clean. But AEW's pretty good about the clean finishes, especially in title matches, so maybe it does end clean. Maybe Mox just beats them, but if this was any other company, I'd be like, okay, so Brian Cage and Ricky Starks or MJF, somebody's going to interrupt this match. Because first of all, I don't think Darby Allen should take another loss, but I agree. I, I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm looking forward to next week on that. But yeah, overall, uh, solid AEW. Uh, it's funny, uh, Andy Nimity, uh, he's at Andy Nimity on uh, Twitter. Uh, he's a pretty popular account. But uh, he's like, every week he says, how's every week the best episode of AEW? Very rarely he'll say, how is every episode of AEW Dynamite an episode of AEW Dynamite? That means he didn't think it was the best episode. And last night he did uh, say that. And I was like, I thought this episode was really solid. I I will say this all day. And I said this to my boy JR. If this is the bottom, if this is what a bad episode of Dynamite looks like, give it to me every week. Yeah. I will take a bad episode of Dynamite over a horrendous episode of Monday Night Raw every single day of the week. Because I, it's just, honestly, and also I will say, for my personal thought, going into the Darby Allen versus John Moxley match, um, I would not be shocked if they actually decided to go with... Uh, well, actually, no, because it's a title match. I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if they did a time limit draw, but because it's a title match, I don't think they'll go with that. Because, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know how they'll do it either. I thought time limit, but then I was like, they're not going to do that for a title match. That doesn't, they don't do that. Because time limit say. on a title match is an hour. So yeah. they're not going to go an hour. An hour, an hour or for TV time remaining. Yeah, oh, okay. most likely made yeah. about the show. Huh? So, that would... yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Darby going move to move with the world champion would do a lot for him. I am not, like I said, I'm not going to, I'm going to wait and see. To me, like, over the last year and a half, the AEW or whatever has been existing, I think year and two months, like, since their first show to this show, uh, you would have told me uh, that, well, we're 14 months in, uh, no member of the elite has been a world champion. Uh, like the world champion, like the main champion. Uh, there's two members of the elite have been tag team champions, but they aren't the Young Bucks. And Cody could never challenge for the world title again. I would have said, you are a fucking idiot. Why are you trying to bury this product? They have done all those things, and the product works. Yeah. <laughs> and not only have they just assembled a very talented group of wrestlers they probably assembled the best tag team division probably in in my time watching wrestling as far as you know proud and powerful former impact champions uh lucha bros former impact triple a mlw tag team champions FTR former NXT WWE Tag Team Champions. Young Bucks, I'm not going to list all the Tag Team Championships they've had because I just don't got that, that amount of time. Um, yeah, they've killed it. And they got Mox away from WWE 
and he is their world champion, which is a well-known name person as your world champion. Cody's uh, supporting a new belt called the TNT title. That's amazing. And they got like a network deal for the next four years. So it's like when you keep outdoing my expectations, I learn to just wait and see what you got next and just be entertained. It's like the Arian Andrews thing. Let's say this was NXT and they announced that. Oh, my God, I'd shit on it. But I'm going to wait and see because you know why I'm going to wait and see? Because they keep proving if you do wait and see, they will deliver. Yeah. And if you do that, that, you buy my patience. There you go. And that's Dynamite for this week, honestly. So, again, it was an all right episode. If this is considered to be their bad episodes, then trust me that we will we will be okay with this. And if this is the lowest of the lows, then like this is a good product. It'll show you it'll show you that. So, we're going to get into the preview for next week's Dynamite, but before we do that, I want to let you know that this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV is where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe. Right on your laptop and mobile devices, what you are carrying in your pocket. You can watch so much wrestling on Power Slam TV with it. And if you use the code Social Suplex, you can watch all that wrestling for one whole month completely free. Your first month, totally free. So thank you to Power Slam TV for sponsoring All Things Elite and for supporting us. And be sure to go check them out and use that code because it really helps us out. Now... The preview for next week's Dynamite, the first Dynamite of August 2020. We have Cody and Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona's first match on AEW Dynamite. He is taking on Silver and Reynolds of the Dark Order with Cody. I think will be totally solid. It'll be great to see Matt Cardona, and it'll just be a great introduction to him. We have the AEW World title match between John Moxley and Darby Allin. I have no idea how that's going to go but I'm hoping for a lot of great stuff from them. I have high expectations because Darby Allen is one of my faves. John Moxley is one of my faves. I want something great. Even if it comes at a non-finish, just give me something that's understandable and it's believable and just give me some good wrestling in between. We have the Elite and FTR teaming to face the Dark Order. It's a six-on-six match because it's every it's Brody, Colt, Stu, Uno, Angels, and Preston Vance versus FTR. Then Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and the Young Bucks. So too many people in one match. It's a it's a lot. It's a, it's I I just yeah it's too yeah, much. But if I doubt the Young Bucks every time I try to doubt them, they figure out a way to make it awesome. So honestly, yeah, it's like <laughs> as as long as I was like that's too many people in a match. But as long as the elites in it, and as long as the Young Bucks are in it. I have a little bit of my worries eased away. So I'm hoping they come through with it on that match. We have the Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy 2020 debate. And then we have an update from MJF that will be happening. So overall, that's our preview going into Uh, next week's Dynamite. One prediction from next week. Cardona turns on Cody. That quick? I think Cardona turns on Cody and joins the Dark Order. I think the promo turns out that he says Cody didn't get me a job here. The uh, the Mr. Brody Lee did. Mr. Brody Lee did. 
and he analyzes his allegiance to the Dark Order. That sets up Cody versus Cardona at All Out. You know what? I, for the TNT title, let's yeah. do it. Honestly, yeah. I I would be surprised that it would be that quickly. However, heel Matt Cordona, heel Zack Ryder, I would be just very think, interested to see. Just how think that about Sean Spears. He signed, and his he's like, oh man, that's Cody's best friend. His first act in AEW was hitting Cody with a chair. So Cody's not afraid to pull the trigger really quick on that's those true, things. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Honestly, it was it wasn't too long until uh, Sean turned. So that is very true. Yeah, so uh, they do this stuff pretty quick. Uh, Cody needs a big match for the TNT title at uh, at show. Matt Cardona turning heel would be a different take on his character. He's just and joining the Dark Order. It would be completely different from what he was doing in the WWE. And I think I think that's important too. Uh, Matt is that uh, you know people don't think of him as. You know, just a WWE reject. He wants to set his own tone, turn, and turning someone they, that was completely babyface for like almost all his years there to a heel. That would be smart. I think that would put a fresh coat of paint on Cardona. And going after Cody, of course, Cody needs somebody to wrestle for the TNT title, set that up for All Out. Last year's it was his best friend Spears at All Out. This year it's one of his best friends, uh, Cardona, at All Out. That works. And with him turning, and this is me looking way forward, with him turning on him, Cody realizes he can't trust anyone, and that's when he forms the Four Horsemen. Oh, yeah. Uh, you want to try to see if AEW's hiring writers? Because you might need to just make the jump if they I, are. I, I'm just fantasy booking here. I, <laughs> you, know, you know, I am like, you know what? I honestly... The moment I actually get their storytelling style down, I'll be disappointed because I've done this and made these predictions, bold predictions, and literally have been wrong every time. So if I'm right this time, great. <laughs> I will take it. I did not I did not guess Cardona coming out doing the Warhorse match. Sorry to all the Warhorse fans. I know you felt uh I know you felt like Cardona coming out kind of upstage Warhorse, and that did suck, you know, but, you know, it, it did make for a pretty awesome moment, but hopefully Warhorse gets another chance. I am, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't know how AEW feels about it. I'm not an insider. I don't ever claim to be. I'm just someone that watches the program like you. He might get signed next week. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, but, we don't know. <laughs> we have no idea, but... We'll see if uh, we see more of Warhorse down the line. Yeah, and um, they haven't done a dark preview, so that's why we're not. They have doing not. A dark no, <laughs> they have not done one yet. Yeah, because so. we're recording this very. We're, we've changed our recording schedule to be a lot more earlier. Oh, yes. So. Yes. But, yeah, yes, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, but anyway, that's gonna do it for this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, real quick, actually, because I wanted to bring this up to Floyd because I have a I have a friend of mine. Uh, who uh, is in the world of broadcasting in uh, the state of Michigan? Uh, he is. Uh, his name's Ryan, and uh, he's a good friend of mine. He like I interned with them, and I got to learn a lot from him. But I found out he was a wrestling fan, and uh, I want to give because uh, I, I I believe I'm going to be trying to 
hop on his little podcast he does with his friends very soon. He's an older guy, and I want to like throw by these uh, takes on Floyd and just kind of hear his thoughts about him because I'm gonna go into his show as like a younger generation's uh, uh, like thoughts about wrestling nowadays because they are a lot they are a lot older than I am. Um, but I want to let Floyd know about these takes. So are you down hearing these real quick before I'll we do sign off? a special surprise segment? I'll take it all day. Yeah. All right. So I want to let you know about the stuff that uh, my friend Ryan, uh, he he enjoys Dynamite. He watches it every single week. Um, he, I want you to know the stuff he likes about the show real quick, and then I'll tell you what he doesn't like. And then I'll let you know his biggest take in all of wrestling that I find unbelievable. Um, he loves the format of the show. He loves how they develop characters and storylines, how they take the fans out of the arena and take them to places to learn about the wrestlers. He loves Jericho. He thinks Cody's been good. He really likes how Brits improved on the mic. And uh, he thinks Mox is good, but could be better. This is the stuff he doesn't like about the show. He doesn't like how it's very indie-rific. He doesn't like the Dark Order. He doesn't like any of the tag matches that are, quote, nothing but car crashes with no selling. He thinks they made a huge mistake with Kenny Omega um, not being the getting the rocket strapped to him from the jump, like not making him the, the main title holder from the beginning. Cause he doesn't think he's going to be as big as he is in, is in Japan in America. And he hates the young bucks. Okay. So th- those are his takes. And then his biggest one of all pro wrestling, which I discovered the first time I met him, he hates the undertaker. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, it's it's one of the most differing opinions I've ever heard in the history of How old is uh, he? me being a wrestling fan. I believe he's in his. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say he's too old and then like upset him. But I think he's in like late thirties, mid forties. Okay, so we we are the same age and roughly because roughly I'm, yeah 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 okay. So we're in the same part. I could see his takes on the Undertaker. Uh, that was when WWE went really cartoony. You know, mm-hmm. it was like Papa Shango was cartoony. But then, you know, an Undertaker, you know, Undertaker was just like, oh, he had control of the lights and lightning and he couldn't be hurt. So it was like, okay, this is a comic strip or whatever. So I can see that. Young Bucks, if you don't like indie wrestling, you probably don't like the Young Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So if you say the show's too indie-rific and then you say you hate the Young Bucks, I can kind of see that those go hand in hand. Uh, Kenny Omega. You know, the thing with Kenny is he's different. Uh, He's not one of those people that are pushing to be the top all the time. You know, he's about the performance aspect of wrestling. So, you know, you can say, hey, I want to push you. But if somebody says, hey, I don't think you should push me, the better better idea is to push Chris Jericho and his millions of followers. And the better idea is to push Mox and his millions of followers. You know what I mean? More yeah, people stateside in a United States TV show know who Chris Jericho and John Moxley are than Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Is Kenny and Omega yes, the, was... is the best wrestler? You know, a lot of people think so. A lot of people like it, like the way he performs. But he made his following with a huge following in Japan. If you say, name the great American matches Kenny Omega had, I mean, they're great marriage matches. They're just not a lot. So, he made his name in Japan. You know, the Okada and Omega never happened on American soil. You know? 
Mm-hmm. So I can honestly see that. I, I see his. I, I see his side of it. I do. But if it's like one of those things, they never came out trying to be traditional wrestling. They yeah. made their name on the indies. Uh, Young Bucks. I, I tell everybody they did this. They flew into Oklahoma City for one hour and did autograph signing. Literally had dinner with Kevin Nash and then flew back home. That's what they did to build their brand and build their name. I have you know, I went from paying $5 for their autograph to going to Pro Wrestling Tees and playing 100 and meeting them and getting a t-shirt with it. They built this. So, AEW was always going to have a little of that indie spirit in them. Because that's how they built their following. That's how Cody did. Working for way less than his quote for NEW and different shows around the country and building their brand. So, I, I mean, like I said, I, I respect his decision or respect his thoughts, but I wouldn't change anything about AEW right now. Is AEW everything I want it to be? No. But is it great? And is it different? And does it make me look forward to wrestling every week like nothing has in a very long time? Absolutely. Yeah. And I was I was right. Uh, he is 40, so he's, yeah, see, definitely, he's around your age. Yeah, like literally. I turn 40 next year, so... So we are pretty. Yeah, we, I, I we, thought... we were raised in the same generation of wrestling, so I can see a lot of his point of views. Great thing about me, I have you, I have Sydney, I have a lot of young people in my life that, in a way, keep me young, keep me from my old man. You better use the tag ropes and the headlock thought process. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, not even, and that's the thing too. He doesn't. He doesn't want it to go for full like. Cornette style too with that whole thing he wants like their specifically their tag matches he wants it to be in the middle of not a full spot fest with like no selling but he doesn't want it to be like a Cornette style thing so he's he's weird I don't know where to pin him with like the wrestling audience yeah and that's the thing with me is a lot of people a lot of people don't know where to pin me because I grew up with southern style tag team wrestling that is my favorite wrestling Right. And, you know, when you get to spot fest, you think, oh, man, Floyd has to hate this. And then I'll be like, no, I love it, you know, because entertaining is entertaining. You know, I can't just put my finger on exactly what entertains me, but I can tell you everything that doesn't, <laughs> you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I can't tell you everything that entertains me. There's been stuff I like. I thought I hated country music for a long time. Then I'm, you know, got with a woman that loved it. And she's like, well, there's different types of country music. There is, yeah. Yeah, so as long as, as long as it's not bro country, I'm good. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know the 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 Florida Georgia Lions and right, I mean, the uh, I love Florida. Ryan's of the world. Yeah, I love them. So there you go. Okay, well, that's cool. That's cool. I like the like folky blues country. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, you know, like, I told you before this, I was a Kane Brown fan. Oh yeah, well, yeah, Kane he, Brown's are. Yeah, he's like closer that. to bro country. Closer, but not. not, full. not he's, he's not full on. He's still kind of yeah, like yeah. he's still kind of like the kind of guy that's like more a little bit like maybe. Dan I do. Shake he tells really good stories, and that's yes, why I exactly. like about. And that's what I learned about country music that I didn't know is that the best stories in music to me. Don't I'm not saying these to everybody. Not making this generalized statement. This best stories in country, in my opinion, come from country music. 
for me it's country or hip hop because yeah. like songs like Stan like yeah, show yeah. really great storytelling and then like songs like Just Just to See You Smile Tim McGraw Just yeah. to See You Smile great yeah. storytelling in that song there you go alright anyways we're very off topic and we should close out this show we want right. to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of All Things Elite if you want to follow us on social media follow us at AT Elite Pod share the episode with your friends get, get our names out there we'd really appreciate it follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex. Myself at SZoomer4. Floyd Johnson Jr. at FloydJohnsonJr. on Twitter. And again, thank you so much to our support from Manscaped and Power Slam TV for supporting this episode. There's nothing left to do but have our buddy Floyd take us home for tonight. Yes, I usually end the show with some kind of uplifting positive statement. Not this week. This week, I'm going to end with what, what a congratulations to my tag team partner on this show, Mr. Oh. Austin Sumowitz. He got his first pro gig as a, on a radio station in Saginaw, Michigan. I am like, my heart is exploding with pride. The first, <laughs> I, I mean, I told everyone, I told you on the show, the first time I listened to you on PN Podcast, just, you know, Sydney sent me an episode. And I was like, this dude's going to do this professionally. And the fact that you got your foot in the door, no matter if it's the biggest job or the smallest guy, that you've got your foot in the door. Now, I know you're going to go in there and knock the, knock that bitch down, and you're going to be <laughs> running a place in no time. Again, sir, congratulations. I appreciate that so much. All right. Well, whether you are in your job or you're at home or you're at school, Always do your best to be elite.